righty. Well, we made it back for session three, Second Timothy, chapter two, verses fourteen through nineteen. And my little notes here say the main idea of this passage is as Christians, we are called to honor God by speaking words of truth and love and by avoiding words that tear others down. And through this heart, through this lesson, the heart change should be to feel convicted by the careless words we speak. And as I was reading this lesson, uh, I thought, uh oh, this is going to be a tough one. What are you looking at, people? Because you're sitting up front. On the front row. Yeah. Front row Baptist, my favorite kind. Uh, so, my little personal note said this lesson is going to take a large amount of honesty on our part. So, I'll pray for us and then I will read. Father, thank you for gathering us here in this church that we all love so much and allow this lesson to convict us of uh, where we are weak in our choice of words and our actions towards one another. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 14 through 19. Everybody there? Pretty close. My heading says, A worker approved by God. Remind them of these things and and charge them before God not to quarrel about words which does no good. I'll start over for you. Come on. (laughs) I didn't get very... I wasn't even past the first verse yet. Okay. Verse 14. We're in 2 Timothy... Chapter 2, verse 14 through 19. Remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some, but God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are His, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Play that video, Mr. Josh. equipping and encouraging young Pastor Timothy to lead the church at Ephesus, he starts out with this, have no fear. And then secondly, he says, Timothy, make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. And now the third thing that he's going to lean into is this, Timothy, watch your mouth. Now you, you may ask, why would he go there so fast? And I'll tell you, it is because of the incredible power of our words. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. 
that James, the brother of Jesus, he says things like, like the small rudder of a huge ship steers the entire massive ship so your tongue can steer your entire life. Or like a forest fire that, that burns down homes and cities. It's all started by the small spark, like the spark of the tongue. And we've taken all kind of animals. I mean, we could just pay a few dollars now and walk into a zoo and look at animals that people used to run from, but we can't tame the tongue. In fact, Jesus says it's out of an overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. So you don't have a language problem. I don't have a language problem. We have a heart problem. In fact, my grandma used to say, you don't have a potty mouth. You've got a potty heart. In fact, Proverbs says this, careless words stab like a sword, but wise words lead to healing. Now, I don't have a sword, but I do have a pocket knife. And I think what the writer of Proverbs is saying is it's not just our words that intend to hurt other people that hurt, but even our careless words. I mean, imagine if I was sitting on your couch with your group or sitting in your office or on an airplane or wherever you're watching this, and I had my pocket knife and I was just careless with it. And it accidentally slipped out of my hand and came your way and stabbed you. You would remember that for the rest of your life. And if I immediately walked up to you and said, whoa, 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 well, I didn't mean to, then what would it do for your pain? The answer is nothing. The careless words stab like a sword. That our words are powerful. In our words are life and death. That our words don't just say things, our words do things. I mean, think about this. With his words, Hitler split the world in two. And with words, Churchill rallied the good guys into action. With a word, God spoke everything into existence. With a word, God looks at the seas and the storms and he says, peace, be still. With a word, he calls Lazarus out from the grave. Do your words matter? Every word we speak matters. In fact, in 1999, I met a girl and I was enamored with her. And after we dated for a few months, I went to see Gretchen with a ring in my pocket. I got down on my knees and I said these words, will you marry me? And the words that came out of her mouth mattered. In fact, her answer to that question changed the rest of my entire life. And so with that in mind, with the power of our words in mind, Paul tells Timothy, remind them. This is chapter two, verse 14. Remind them. And what he's talking to, he's talking about the people that we just talked about. Keep discipling and pastoring the people that you've been pastoring. Remind them of these things. And again, see last session. Remind them of the gospel. And charge them. Now here's a brand new subject. Charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good. It only ruins the hearers. Did you hear this? That the way that we speak to others impacts their life. So let me ask you, how do you speak to your kids? How do you speak to your friends? How do you speak to your family? Because the reality is that your family will live up to your blessings or they will live down to your curses. You see, my dad used to say that words are like toothpaste. Once they're out of the tube, there's no going back. Have you ever said something that slipped or you didn't mean to say it and you want to grab those words and just put them back in your face, but you can't? In fact, in the Old Testament, Isaac, the son of Abraham, has a couple of sons. And I don't have time to fully explain it, but he's got two sons, Jacob and Esau. Esau is the oldest. Jacob is a trickster, is a conniver. 
and he steals his older brother's blessing. Then he tricks his dad because he's sick and he can't see well. And his dad, Isaac, blesses Jacob. And when Esau finds out and he shows up to see his dad, he goes, okay, dad, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. Why don't you just take the blessing back from Jacob and give it to me? But the problem is, is that once the words come out of our mouth, they do what words do. And so with that in mind, Paul encourages Timothy, do your best. So let me ask you, when it comes to the words that come out of our mouth, are you doing your best or are you making excuses? He says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. That our words, the words that come out of our mouth should line up with the word of God. In fact, in pulpits all over the world, there should be a whole lot less copy and paste and a whole lot more prayer and study. So we speak the very words of God. And then he gives this warning. He says, but avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. By the way, the Greek for irreverent babble is Twitter. <laughs> the Hebrew is Instagram. Avoid it. People who are followers of Jesus are not supposed to get in those kinds of battles with people. It says in verse 17, and their talk will spread like gangrene. I dare you right now to Google gangrene. And I'm telling you what you're going to see is sick and gross and it spreads. And, and I'm telling you, I'm just warning you, it is nasty. It's the nastiest thing you have ever seen in your life. It's rotten. And the only thing you can do to get rid of it is to cut it off. And so what Paul is telling Timothy, we don't want gangrene here in our church by spreading rumors and talking about people and cutting people down. So cut it off by cutting it out. And then Paul goes on to name a few people by name. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some. You see, they're spreading lies in the church. Now, one of the things that Christians will always do is say, well, if it's true, then I should say it. I don't know that you have a license to say just whatever is true. A filter to run through what we should and shouldn't say is simply this. Number one, is it grace-filled truth? Number two, is it timely? Number three, is it helpful? You see, Paul writes another letter, Ephesians, to the church that Timothy is the pastor of. And in Ephesians 4.29, he says this, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. He says let, like, like we need to be on guard. You ever have a whole bunch of words that start in your mind or maybe start in your heart and they begin to rush the gate of your mouth? And Paul's like, don't let them out of there. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. You see, words do stuff. That word corrupting is, is similar to the word gangrene. It's like a rotting fish or, or rotting food. So don't let any rotting talk come out of your mouth, but only such is good for building up. You know, I don't know if you've ever maybe been on a mischief or built something with a claw hammer. You ever seen a claw hammer? A claw hammer is a pretty good picture of what words are. On one side, where you hit the nail, that it is for construction. And on the other side, where there's a claw, it is for destruction. And you can use that one tool either to build up or to tear down. And so Paul is instructing Timothy, only use words that build up. 
as fits the occasion that it may give grace, that's gospel truth, to those who hear. So let me ask you this. Have you been watching your mouth? Have you been a blessing or have you been a curse? Because here's what I know is happening. There is somebody that may know that you are hearing this teaching right now and they are hoping that you were kidding. And who would that be? You see, because with our very own words, we can repent. Three of the most powerful things that we can tell people is this. I love you, thank you, and I'm sorry. And maybe those are the words that you need to use to the people that you've been careless with. And you look at that and you think, okay, Paul, how in the world are we going to pull this off? Paul says, I'm glad you asked. In verse 19, he says, but God's firm foundation stands, bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. I mean, leave it to God to use the very thing that gets us in so much trouble, our mouth, to also to be the very tool that claims his as our Lord and Savior. The Romans 10, 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. He goes on to say that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So, as followers of Jesus, may we be reminded of the gospel in our lives, and may we be people that use our mouth, that use our words for blessing and not cursing. Amen. That's kind of a tough one. I don't know about you all, but... As he's sitting there talking, I was kind of hateful to Heather earlier because I was just grumpy and I just, I didn't say anything necessarily mean, but uh, some of the things I didn't, you know, it was just a posture of hatefulness sort of and because uh, things weren't going my way and I'm, sometimes I'm a five-year-old instead of a man, <laughs> but I already apologized, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. But I already cut her with that knife, you know, like you said. <laughs> After the stabbing, it still hurts. Anyway, so uh, my mouth runs a lot, and I need this lesson as much as anybody else. So in this passage, Paul gives instructions to Timothy on his and others' use of words, which could seem like a minor or at least secondary issue to address. So Joby asked, that's Joby, why would why would he go, oh my gosh, I can't read, why would he go there so fast? Answering his own question, Joby cited the books of Proverbs and James to communicate the power of words. All right, question number one for the evening. Remember, we got to be honest when we're sharing here. When have you been met with the power? Okay, ah, somebody else is going to have to read these things. When have you been met with the power of words? Have you ever been on the receiving end of powerful words that were unkind? And what was that like? Basically, the question is how, how have words affected your life? To provoke more thought, here's another question. Have you delivered, have you personally delivered unkind words? What prompted you to speak those words? My anger. Anger? Yeah, for me, it's just, uh, 
impatience mostly. Like I'm in a certain mood and something happened. We've got hands raising back there. Uh, is that an agree agreeance? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, there like today for instance, I came home and uh, nothing was going dramatically wrong. Things just weren't going the way I had envisioned in my mind, and that created uh, turmoil for me, and then it created turmoil for Heather. So again, I'm very sorry for that. Even though I already apologized. Double apology. Well, I got in trouble one time. Forget, I got two or three C's on our report card. No. And I was told if I kept that up, I'd be digging ditches in the Petersburg Cemetery for a living. <laughs> and I didn't want to do that, so I did much better. <laughs> so that's your example of... Uh, when you've been met with the power of words? I was. Yeah. Life changing. It helped. Yeah. So maybe that was a little bit of, uh, it was probably a bit of honesty, I guess. Mm-hmm. Who's, who, who delivered the words? My dad. Yeah, I figured. Uh, let's see here. So yeah. I think, I would think that everybody can answer both of those questions. Um, I mean, I don't know who hasn't been hurt or affected by someone else's words, whether they be gossip or criticism. Or, I mean, I was a pastor's wife for 16, 15, 16 years uh, at an early age, and um, it was not always easy. And there were some people that said some really mean things and I think too if you've ever been in a bad relationship um, people can definitely say things that make you uh, doubt yourself doubt your self-worth things like that but then on the other question other part you know it's also the prime opportunity to lash back out mm-hmm. at that person out of hurt sometimes hurt is what makes us Say unkind things. Yeah. I've been both. (laughs) Well, I just keep here. Your mouth opens, and I think, all right, he's getting ready to say something. (laughs) I think sometimes it's selfishness too. Yeah. On your part. Oh yeah. If you think it should be one way, and somebody else has a different opinion, sometimes you're like, no, it's my way. You know, not that that's right or wrong. But you have to you have to learn very quickly in a relationship that you know it's a it's a two way street. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's the same way with Christ. I mean, he knows what we're going to do before we do it. But you know, he can't stop us sometimes. You yeah. know, and sometimes he's there and obvious, and you know, you kind of you think about it a little quicker and catch that tongue. But the tongue is the worst. I mean, it's. Or worst enemy. Yeah. I've learned just in the last couple of years, like maybe even within the last year, probably a little longer than that. And I think I might have mentioned it in here before, just how much even not like blatantly mean speech uh, affects us, but like even little things. Like I'm a 33-year-old guy. I shouldn't get offended by certain things, but sometimes people say stuff and I'm like, why would you say that to me? You know, why? It's really, that's like a kick to the teeth. That's the absolute last thing that I want to hear right now. And it's not even like, 
it's not even uh, that big of a deal, but just by, just depending on the timing, it sometimes is. And I think, how many times have I done the exact same thing that that person just did to me? Like I'm thinking about Sims, our oldest son Sims. We tease each Heather was just talking about it tonight, t- saying that uh, because of my apology for being a butthead, she's, she said something about uh, how we need to watch how we talk to, the, to our kids. And I'm not directly mean to them, but we tease each other. Like I'll sometimes call him chubby wubby or something like that he'll be eating a bag of he'll eat a whole bag of doritos or something i'm like what do you need put those down just messing with him you know and i think he's probably gonna remember that me saying things like that you know because little stuff like that hurts my feelings and i'm a i'm an adult so uh i know it could have a dramatic effect on a kid i used to tell him to say that to the kids and you know, it's, it's like not what you say, but it's how you say it. Yeah. And then also you can be saying it in a nice way, but if your facial expressions are saying something different, then, I mean, your body language, there's a lot of it that goes into context on how the other person's going to respond to what mm-hmm. you're saying. That's been one of the hardest, my mouth has been one of the hardest things to escape since becoming a Christian. I remember when I first or pretty soon after I had like a flashback of many mean things that I said and did to people. And some of them I tracked down and apologized. <laughs> this one guy in particular said, I, I said, remember this certain instance or whatever? And he said, that was like 15 years ago. I was like, uh-huh. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a hard thing to do. All right. Joby also referenced Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, where Jesus says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So words don't merely have the capacity to deliver force. They also serve as a mirror into the human heart. I think I read something wrong. So words don't merely have the capacity to deliver force. They also serve as a mirror into the human heart. Question, what does the pattern of your words reveal about your own heart? What does the pattern of your words reveal about your own heart? If out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks, what does that question mean to you? We had a preacher here several years ago that said, what comes out is because of what's inside. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel that way inside, though. I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> you got to elaborate more than that. What do you mean? Like sometimes certain things that I say in the moment, yeah. in anger, it's not really how I feel in my heart. I'm just out of patience and aggravated and yeah. black gets in the way. Yeah. Well, and I think that's as you become older and you think about when you were younger, I mean, things did just, it was like there was way so much on the plate that, you know, you just couldn't handle it all. And you'd say, ah, you know, you'd go off or whatever. And I do remember doing that and going back to the kids later and saying, you know, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that, you know. And trying to always get that across to them was was not always easy because sometimes I was pretty ugly, you know. Mm -hmm. But as you get older and you sit back and you think about that and you think, you know, before your feet hit the floor in the morning, Lord, direct me today 
try and curb my tongue, <laughs> you know, try and make me the person I need to be today to be your, your witness and do the things that you need me to do. Not that it always happens that way, and most of the time, the very first thing that happens is you stomp your toe when you get out of bed, you know. So, it, you know, you just learn over time that you've asked for forgiveness before it ever happens, mm-hmm. you know. Like that saying, years back, way years, many years back, or put your arm around my shoulder and your hand over my mouth. <laughs> 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 yeah. So it was, and sorry, I, I didn't catch it in the, the movie either. Matthew 12, what? 20, what? 12, 34. Oh, okay. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth okay. speaks. All right, there you go. Thank you. That's a good memory verse. It's an easy one. Mm-hmm. Once he established the foundation that words are pow- powerful and revealing, Joby said, every word we speak matters. What would it look like to consider the weight of your words more intentionally? It would look like me not speaking all day. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, anyways. A lot of our sorries. Yeah. <laughs> well, even something I'm sitting here looking at Dale, and I, I know I pick on Dale uh, w- within the church service and stuff, and it's all fun and games. But like, there was a certain time at our old church that it seemed like it was always just a constant friendly uh, that, and it's sort of exhausting, you know. So I guess I'm apologizing to you. Now. I know, I know you don't care. I know you don't really care, but maybe there will be a point that you do care, and it gets annoying. And maybe it gets annoying not only to you, but to other people. You know, it didn't just start when you got. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but that little, but that little nitpicking. You know, it just, uh, it gets annoying. You know, no matter who you are. But then there's a fine line of, do you want to be? Uh, do you want to be a Puritan and just not say any words and have no humor? You know, but has a sense of humor. Yeah, I think so too. But my baseline is to cut people down, and make people laugh. <laughs> that's just something. I, it used to be way worse than it is now. So that's well, that's a praise. As Christians, we shouldn't be the happiest people in the world because our eternity is so. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, I remember as a kid, you know, it was more of a, I guess the, the culture back then was, you know, you, you was very reverent and, uh, and it looked like people were in pain. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. This is kind of miserable. Yeah. You know, I guess there was a fine. Go ahead, Bob. Sorry. When he was building the tobacco barn there on the farm. The two boys that was building it had grown up together from first grade all the way through. And they put the roof on it, and one of them was handing up the metal roofing, and the wind kept getting into it, and he was having a hard time getting up. The other one said jokingly, well, if you can't do it, just go home. The boy turned around and went back home and found out later, Five years later, they had spoke. Oh, really? So sometimes when you say words in kidding, the other person don't take them. That's right, yeah. 
It's telling me to read the passage again, so I guess I'll do that. We're going to have it memorized. Starting at 14. Somebody else want to read for me? Somebody that, that can actually read the words? <laughs> you might read like 14 through 19. Yep. Just 14. Uh, all the way through. 14 through 19. What, what version you have? NIV. All right. Sorry, I was just curious. Keep reminding them of these things. Warn them before God against falling about words. It is of no value, only ruins. It is of no value. Well, you can't read any better than me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pick her. <laughs> See, I'm cutting you down already. We're talking about words, I'm being mean to you. It's, it's all good. It is, it is of no value. It only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, and who correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter, because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. <clears throat> Excuse me. Among them are... Hymenaeus and Boletus, mm -hmm. who have wandered away from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place and they destroy the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with, ins with inscription. The Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. So Paul goes on saying, Charge them before God not to quarrel about words which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Paul's phrasing could also be understood to mean don't bicker or don't dispute about trivial things. What trivial things do we tend to bicker about? Why do you think we can be prone to quarreling? I think there's plenty of trivial things we... Or even things that we think are important that really aren't. But do y'all have any examples of those things? Color of the carpet in church. Uh huh. <laughs> <That's a> <laughs> Why you put the roll toilet paper on? It's got to be over. We gotta have it over. We gotta have it over. Did she tell you about that or something? No. Okay. <laughs> well, we gotta. It's gotta be over the top. I change it every time. <laughs> paper towels the same way? I don't care about the paper towels. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was the original patent for the roll over the duck. See? <laughs> you can't find it underneath. You gotta, you gotta, it's too hard to find. Well, you <laughs> Do what? Whether you put the cap back on the toothpaste. Yeah, I fail to do that you sometimes. You the tooth from the top or from the bottom? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not used to that one. <laughs> Somebody's These are, this is, this is fun. What else do we have? <laughs> I have one. Motels put it over and they make a fancy little point by folding it in. On the toilet on the toilet? Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. So it is over the top. Yes. <laughs> I trust Carolyn. This verse are in when we read that approved workmen are not ashamed is the saying for one is Oh really? I'm trying to think of any stupid things we quarrel about. Heather, what do we quarrel about? What don't we quarrel about? This is one question. I'm just kidding. 
Well, we've had some remodeling going on. Oh, yeah? Benita just won't listen to reasons. many names. <laughs> I'm sure there's been no hurtful or harmful words spoken during that process. There's no coral lake when the remote goes missing. Yeah. We have a spot that it goes in whenever we get done using it. And if it's not there, we have a portal over <laughs> I'm thinking of my kids. What I, what they want to run around with no shirts on. I don't know why that means anything to me, but uh, I think it's just an obedience thing. Like I'll say, put, boys, put a shirt on. It's two o'clock in the afternoon. You're just sitting around the house with no shirt on. I don't know why it bothers me, but it does. And then what really bothers me, I ask them to put a shirt on, and then they don't do it. So now it's become like a a point of uh, conflict in our house for some reason. Don't sweat this one. Yeah, I guess. But they should listen. Well, once you ask them to. But they should listen to me. Um, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) He said, good thing we had boys. (laughs) Um, Okay. I think that, yes, among people, you know, we argue about goofy stuff, couples and and whatnot. but I think also in the church, people can fall into a um, a bad place of arguing about like I don't I can't think of a particular, but you know like just people will get into really heated arguments over the like the interpretation of mm-hmm. scripture, or you know, or bring in other. You know, condemning other ministries, other preachers, other this and that, and I'm like, yeah, kind of like we talked about the. I don't. I think maybe it was in the Sunday school class. We talked about how there's primary issues as far as our faith goes, and there's secondary issues, and there's tertiary issues, and that we all must agree on the primary, and then the the others. Uh, we can agree. We did that on a Wednesday night study when we were in First Timothy. We can agree to disagree. Oh yeah, we did the cups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all were paying attention that night. <laughs> I forgot that we did it. Okay, what can we do to prevent ourselves from bickering about things that aren't ultimately all that important? My response that I wrote down was: read the crowd, stay quiet when you understand the lack of importance of something. So if I know that there's a bunch of what they call it irreverent babble, it's probably better if there's five people slinging opinions around, I should probably just keep my mouth shut and let them quarrel and stay out of it or maybe try to stop the stop it. And you've got some people who are just argumentative people, no matter what you say and what you do, they're going to find an argumentative. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you just got to be smarter than the average bear and just let them go on and you know not paying attention to them or if you've got smart people you just have to agree to disagree not that i've had any experience or not (laughs) (laughs) anybody else how do you prevent yourself from bickering about nonsense well, I think what you said was, was so true. I mean, if there's more going on, sometimes you come in on the 
wrong end of a conversation, you could make it even worse. So you might be better off just to listen and not say anything, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, I find myself at an older age getting messed up that way because I have an opinion and it's like, maybe they don't want to hear my opinion. You yeah. Know? So. Sometimes you just need to let other people win also. Mm-hmm. Hit me with it. Um, I, I, my arm <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> yeah. um, I would say maybe in the privacy of your own home, pretend like the people at church are watching you. Yeah. <laughs> and then do you change the way you say something? The way it comes out of your mouth, the words that you choose, body language is going to fit it. Mm-hmm. It's a good practice just to check yourself from time to time. Yeah. Or even better than that, pretend like Jesus is sitting by you because all these people in the church are just as messed up as you are. <laughs> yeah, wise. And by you, I meant me as well. <laughs> wise things that my dad had always said, told us kids growing up, you've got two ears and one mouth for a reason. Listen twice as hard and don't say anything. <clears throat> What's the verse? Quick to. Quick to what is it? Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to slow down. Yeah, where is that? In the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> it's that sarcasm we're trying to avoid. <laughs> Forgive me. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Joby commented on the second half of verse 14, saying that the way we speak to others impacts their lives. Then he posed a series of questions worthy of discussion. If you have kids, how do you speak to them? How do you speak to your friends? How do you speak to your family? I have noticed that I speak differently. Uh, this is unfortunate, but it's true. I sometimes speak differently around people that I've grown up with for that I've known for a really, really, really long time. Um, that's not necessarily a good thing. I, I don't mean that it is a good thing. Uh, it's not always a terribly bad thing, but I just noticed that there's sometimes differences. Like maybe sometimes I'm not uh, speaking like Jesus is sitting right next to me around those folks. So I need to work on that. Probably. I can't be the only one confessing up here because then y'all are going to judge me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's kind of hard with like situations like when you were work when you're working. There's you know the things that go on at work, and not that that's a problem anymore. But when I was working, I, there was certain people that I learned that I couldn't be around mm-hmm. because I soon started carrying on like them. Yeah, and it was like that was bad for my you know. It wasn't a very good testimony, so I right. I learned the people. Some people you just have to say, okay, I'm going to cut the loss there, and you know, or let them be there, but just be at a distance mm-hmm. and know when to not to get too involved. Mm-hmm. Children are hard, especially the the boys in our house, because they. They're stubborn. I mean, I'm stubborn too. So it's they have we have the same genes. But uh, you know, I can only 
this isn't right either. I know it's not, but I'm nice like the first two and a half times and then I turn up the volume. Joy, you have anything to add to that? <laughs> <laughs> like I, you, tr you try to be kind and you're like, okay, boys, time to put a shirt on. We're getting ready to leave soon. And nothing, you know, there's nothing, nothing happens. And then, all right, hey, y'all hear me? Let's get a shirt on. And then the next time it's like a volcano eruption. Turn volume yeah and then they get mad you're the worst like okay yeah i'm the bad guy here you have to holler at me <laughs> right yeah yeah <laughs> joy's struggling really <laughs> yes sir i tell ava i'm not yelling i'm talking louder because she didn't give me Oh, and then you have to do it the next day and the well, next day. Every time you figure they're here and bad, so you mean that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if your children are the same, but, you know, she waits until you get to that point. Like, that's the starting point for her to start doing. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> for the, the nice ones you're talking about are like mornings, are like five in the morning. Mm hmm. I was loudly telling my children it's time to leave church now and you're on the phone with your missionary friends and I was pretty sure you guys heard me. I don't remember. You shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> I was like, I gotta get an office for that. And then I'm like, oh, my fault. One of my dad's favorite sayings was uh, speak softly and carry a big stick. <laughs> Uh, he believed it too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. I, I think back when ours were younger, I mean, there there was, I mean, it came out before you even, I mean, and you try not to, you know, I mean, it's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to set forth today not to be, not to say anything negative. And I mean, it doesn't take ten seven minutes, minutes later. And they were, and it was something that I had to address. Yeah. Or like I told Dale when they were little, I would say, "Gosh, I got to go to church and repent," because I I would have, I mean, I would have everything out for them at night. Their dress shoes, their dress, everything they needed was there. Get up the next morning and I'd be dirty if they didn't lose it all. They were gone. And I would say, guys, I put your shoes beside the bed for a reason. Well, we they played bomb each other or something, uh -huh. you know, so they were gone the next day. <laughs> but yeah, it's like or two. <laughs> she was like a mother hen, you know. She she was plucking back in under the nest. By the time Mel and Becky come along. Oh, you're three. You can take a bath by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, just before we came here, we were eating, and Parker, Heather and I were talking about something, and Parker was screaming. He wasn't screaming. He was just talking really, really loud, and I said, Parker, can we calm down for a second? And then, of course, he didn't, and then I probably hollered at him then. But after he finally stopped talking, he just took his cup and, against the counter and was doing this. Just to... Just to be annoying. And I'm like, I don't even know what to do with that. And I, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Uh, why is it? Yeah. I would start calling, uh, carrying around a stick. Okay. What is it? Oh yeah, that's, I'd stay long. That's my two oldest Then CPS would show up. Oh, 
one of the worst messes I ever got into was mother and teenager were having it just, you know. This mother? This could really get me in trouble. I got to be careful with the words here. I wanted, I got to come up with a better word. <laughs> do, you want to, do you want me to get to the next yeah. question and let you just think on this? Yeah, too close. But the teenager and her mother were... You know, they they the argument had got into just no was making no sense at all. So I decided I would be the voice of reason. <laughs> well, two people that were really at each other's throat suddenly were both at my throat. <laughs> but they were on the same team at that point. Oh, so. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a win. Uh, it was a win he for no, them, and you lost. Well, next time, I'll just love them. <laughs> you decided you would be the. Uh, uh, scapegoat in that situation. <laughs> okay, let's see here. Where am I? Uh, here's a social media one that might not matter to any of you, but in verse 16, Paul insists again that Timothy is to avoid careless speech, this time calling it irreverent babble. And it's here where Joby took aim at social media. Remember, he said, uh, what did he say? Twitter. The Greek, the Greek for what? Greek for irreverent was Twitter. Twitter, and the Hebrew was Instagram. So, <laughs> to what degree is your social media platform where irreverent babble takes place? What precautions do you have in place to keep you from taking part in the babble yourself? <laughs> That'd be one way to avoid it. <laughs> Just tell me the message. Yeah. The kids will say, and I'm nope. I don't want to know about it. Yeah. Don't even tell me. It is weird because you can see, like, it's sort of a way to see into people's uh, minds and hearts, like the stuff that they share, and uh, especially if people are sharing unwholesome things, like people that you have, you perceive in a certain way, and and then their 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 Facebook or whatever um, doesn't reflect what you thought about them, and then you're like, oh no, what do I do? I've actually thought about getting rid of Facebook for that reason. I don't. I don't want to know so much about everyone. I, don't. I do. I've unfollowed more people in the last. Not people from here. Maybe people from here. I don't know. But uh, a few people. Like if if I see some nonsense, I just I don't even question it anymore. Unfollow. I'm out. I'm out. I don't want. I don't want this in my life. But I have gotten wrapped up, like I talked about a few weeks ago, getting in that long conversation with that guy based on what he said on Facebook. Um, and it was a healthy conversation, but also was it necessary? Like, did God really want me to have a two-hour conversation with that guy over a Facebook post? I don't know. It, like, it was exhausting. I'm still tired from that conversation. <laughs> I don't know. I think we'd probably all be better off without any of it. But... Let's get off of that. The irreverent babble that Paul... Nope, that's the same one. The, no, it's not. The irreverent babble that Paul condemns, he says, leads people into more and more ungodliness. How can we ensure that our words lead people toward godliness and not ungodliness? If we do encounter irreverent babble, what can we do to make sure it doesn't spread? Change the subject. Yeah. Don't spread it. Yeah, I think there's something that happened today. I was at the I was at the uh, YMCA and 
these two guys were talking and I was partially in the conversation and this one guy, I was deep enough into the conversation with the one guy that uh, I don't know these people's names. I just, just small talk. But this other guy, th- these two guys knew each other and uh, one of them was talking to the other. He said, don't tell any lies. This guy's a pastor, is what he said. And as I was leaving, one of them was talking about some wholesome stuff, and he said something like he went he went and did this prison he went and played softball at a at a I don't some sort of prison ministry situation or something. And then as I was leaving, I was like, "All right, catch you guys later." And he said, "Give them hell." And I was like, "What did he mean by that?" <laughs> and I I just thought. Uh, I immediately, I, I was leaving the sauna first off, so my head wasn't clear. We were sitting in the sauna. I was like, I was like, I got to get out of here, guys. I'm about to die. But but he said, give them hell. And I was like, as I left there, I thought I should have said, well, I'd rather give them Jesus. You know, <laughs> I don't think he meant anything. Maybe he was just trying to be funny. I don't know. But uh, that's the sort of irreverent babble. Like if it's going to create questions if stuff that we say is going to create questions in people's minds then we shouldn't just shouldn't say it you know because it put all kinds of questions in my mind and that guy's a stranger so it really didn't matter i don't guess but uh maybe if i see him again i'll i'll point him toward godliness instead of ungodliness as the question asked that's why uh when he said that i was like why would you why would you you just trying to get a rise out of me or what (laughs) I think it's I think it's a very difficult thing to do if you were among friends or something like that, but a lot of times, you know, people tend to wander into talking about other people or critiquing or sharing or mm-hmm. and it's it's hard and not because it's not usually very popular. To stand up and say, I'm not really comfortable, you know, with us talking mm-hmm. about these, or we shouldn't be gossiping, or yeah, you know, it's but we should, we should cut it off. And then everybody gets really quiet, and you say, "Well, it's time for me to go home now." I know. <laughs> and I will be invited to this. <laughs> Buddy Rogers used to be a deacon here. <laughs> years ago and he would tell Brother Steve every Sunday when he shook hands and he left he go you sure told them <laughs> uh, that's a funny statement yeah yeah there were a lot of them <laughs> I like the one where he said he could he used to say well if Jesus came and goes well I, I won't be at that spot <laughs> or I won't I can go in that no, spot he, he said he used uh, to say it if I knew where I was going to die, I wouldn't go there. That's it. More about when you asked Steve, did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? <laughs> Let's see what other questions we have. I'll have a few minutes. All right. My page is messed up. Oh. Can't read this part. I need something. 
in verse 14 or in verse 19 Paul ends this section of his letter with a sentence that sums up the logic of his argument to paraphrase he tells Timothy those who belong to God must flee the wrongdoing Paul has just outlined I'm sorry I am so I don't know why I'm struggling so bad to read tonight those who belong to God must flee the wrongdoing Paul has just outlined above points up there how can you make yourself more sensitive to the sin of quarrelsome, irreverent speech? What can you do today to resist the temptation to use careless words? These, all these questions seem really repetitive. But the point, I think the point that we're trying to get at is we need to be very, very, very careful about what we say uh, and who we say things to. First off, what a point I wanted to bring up when I said a minute ago that it's made... Uh, it has, in the last year or two, it's made more sense to me that our, how much our words matter because we never know what other people are going through. You never know who's going through a divorce or who's been trying to have a baby for 10 years and can't get pregnant or who, uh, whatever the situation is, we just don't know. And even worse than that, like uh, we know some people that are going through some terrible, terrible things back home and you just don't always know what's going on in people's lives. And you and you go to say something uh, like, you know, why are you why are you staring through that stained glass window over there? You just you just you just don't know. I know Dale's not going through he's going through a kitchen renovation. That's not really that big a deal. But but you just really don't know what people I was are going through. About putting stained glass in there. I bet you are. <laughs> but our words really do matter. I think especially now I mean, I didn't live 50 years ago, but uh, I think people maybe are more sensitive now than they ever have been because there is so much going on in the world. Uh, And maybe that's why people are more sensitive. Maybe people aren't more sensitive. Maybe I'm more sensitive than I was five years ago. I don't really know, but our words matter. That's the point of tonight. Our words matter, and we should not let unwholesome quarrelsome, irreverent speech come out of our mouth. Anybody have it? I wrote down uh, out of 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2, verses 2 through 3. This is my paraphrase. Lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way, every way. I just took the rest of the context out. But we should be, our, our aim should be to lead and live peacefully and quietly and godly and dignified lifestyles uh so as not to again like i said my, i have a tendency to like pick pick at people pick on people uh and i don't mean to that's a part of my life that existed in a really really negative way a long time ago and i still have a tendency to uh use that as like an icebreaker or to make people laugh or um and that my heart, like like you said, Joy. What is echo? This is driving me nuts. What is that? Can y'all hear that? No. I don't know what it is. I think it's these trays back here. Anyways, um, I lost my train of thought. So, like Joy said, it's not echo. Oh, you said your heart. That's not where your heart's at. Like when you get angry and stuff. My heart is not to cut people down, but sometimes my mouth does that. Anyways. Um, so I just need to remember out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. So maybe sometimes I just need to shut up. I can tend to be I try to be positive all the time. But when I get really tired and I should have quit a while back. 
then sometimes it. <laughs> That's when the shucky darns start to come out. <laughs> That's what Heather said. So you put your head on the cabinet and you say some really bad words. <laughs> I didn't say that. I just looked at him like. <laughs> when I was much younger, I would have found something to throw, but I just threw my hat. <laughs> I was walking through the churchyard one night right when I got here and a and I had sandals on and a honeybee stung me between the toes and I said about three words that would have got me fired I think. <laughs> right beside the church I thought well that wasn't good <laughs> but it hurt <laughs> it hurt bad well I was afraid he was going to be passed out by the time I got to him <laughs> did you hit your head today I, I, was, I was down on the floor and I stood up when you stand up, you under a cabinet, you know, you come up pretty fast. <laughs> and man, it ain't a hard spot because there was no blood. <laughs> I was looking for blood and being on, passed out on the ground uh, with such a noise. <laughs> I think uh, part of the answer to that question is um, there were. First uh, Thessalonians five seventeen, where it says pray without ceasing, and it's like that's always one of those things where it's like, well, how do you pray without ceasing? But it's like just having that mindful attitude. And Psalm one forty one three is where uh, David said, "Set a guard over my mouth, Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips." So that was a, Psalm that Psalm one forty one three. Set a guard over my mouth. It's probably early highlighted in the year. <laughs> Larry Rowell, um, who the school's named after, and he was. I read in the Lively Stones that he was a member here. He was he a was deacon, deacon and deacon. and the Sunday school teacher, and he would always close out our class prayer with uh, to be in an attitude of prayer. In other words, don't hang up the phone on God. Just you know, when something comes to your heart, you just mm-hmm. you just then. Bring it to God mm-hmm. for the whole week. That's pretty neat. Since you brought up prayer, why don't you pray us on out of here? <laughs> yes. I really, really need prayer about this, like bad. About your mouth. What's that? About your, about your mouth. Yeah. Me too. So include me in your daily prayers. Like this is the hardest one for me. And for my kids, that they would honor their mother. <laughs> that would work really well. That's what I say to them. I'm like, aren't you guys supposed to be like honoring me? I don't mean it like that, but uh, in the depths of those moments. Well, it is terribly hard because you like you can come into a situation in the in the most joyful mood, and they can suck it right out of you. And I don't mean to be so negative, but it's just true. Like, uh, you know. But just because you're not talking anymore when I ask you to be quiet, you're still making, you're still doing this to be a nuisance, you know, and it, you cannot, uh, that's where. Just remember, it's not what the other person does, it's <laughs> Patience. What'd she say? What'd you say? Uh, she, she said he was perfect. No, yeah. Yeah, I do a lot. I do a lot of fidgeting. Our first had to have the last word. I don't care what happened, and I told I would tell her over and over again, "Your father is going. You're not going to have any tea because you're going to be too close, and he's going to hit you." <laughs> because he did not. 
I mean, that was something you didn't do. Yeah. You didn't have the last word. And she thought she should. Don't tell everybody to abuse your kid. <laughs> well, she, she survived. <laughs> this is probably too much information, but uh, Heather and I were going, before we came here, we were going through the foster care training for, with Sunrise Children's Services. And the training worked because it talked me out of foster mm -hmm. care. And part of that was... Um, just the fear of, like, there's times where I've taken my, just the, my fingers and slapped those kids, slapped Sims and Parker on the back of the head, like, hey, we're done with that. We're not, that, we're done. I asked nicely, but, but you do that with a foster child and to jail you go. I said, I'm, I'm out on this. I, it's not abuse in my mind. It's a, it's a loving uh, wake up call. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, well, I'm not going to jail over a love tap. <laughs> so the, the foster care, the foster training worked. I still, uh, I wish that could have worked out. Maybe one day it will. And that's not really the only thing that got us out of it. Coming here was the biggest thing that ceased, ceased that. You can borrow one of mine. One thing you need to remember when you were the kid, how much did you obey? I think that was my problem. My parents didn't bust my butt. So I went on and on doing it, all the nonsense for a long time. I wasn't very obedient. I probably still am not sometimes. I had two boys and they fought. And I'm not the best driver in the world. <laughs> Why is everybody laughing? <laughs> we know where this is going. <laughs> they get in the car and start fighting. And I put on the brakes. I say, I think I've got a flat tar. Would you all get out and look? Matt, you get on this side and Tommy get on that side. And they get out and I drive off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How far? Well, they just had to walk two and a half miles to the house. <laughs> I had one worse than that. There was a children's home in Burlington, and when my two oldest women would get, get going in the car, I would lay them on my brakes and I'd say, Get out of my car! You're going to the children's home, I'm gone! <laughs> <laughs> Mabel, what it is. <laughs> they heard that a few thousand times. Uh, I'll tell you that today. Mom, you were so, that was child abuse, they tell me. I said, well, it might have been, but you shut up and <laughs> behave by then. <laughs> That's why they learned all the nice things about me. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm gathering is everybody's kids are were bad. I think I, it kind of like I'm not. Jane said not much. Elk preachers kids hang out with Deacon's kids, especially Enjoy. religious people. They were good. One single mom to another. I didn't tell them three times. I was not. <laughs> they got one that morning. Come by at about eight in the morning. <laughs> All right, Dale. First afternoon. Okay. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this beautiful day that you bless us with. We thank you, Lord, for this time that we can come to thy house to uh, study your word. And Lord, as we gather together here tonight to uh, take the things that uh, from the scriptures and apply them to our lives, Lord, we lift up all those on our prayer list who we ask that you meet each need according to your will. And 
for all the unspoken requests that were meant or were not mentioned as well. We just ask for that you just meet each need as you, as you uh, see fit. Lord, we ask to go with us through the remainder of the week. Be with us as we meet again Sunday, and we pray if there's one here who's lost, that they might turn their life over to Jesus Christ. All this, Lord, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.